the Titans, the Mount Rushmore players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello. Welcome to No Buts About It. It is October 12th, 2022. And this show is the first show since Friday. If you were looking for the Monday show, there is not a Monday show because I had a midterm on Monday and I completely forgot to record a show. So there is not a Monday show. Don't look for the Monday show. You will be disappointed. That being said, there is a Wednesday show. And that show is today. So, um, reaction to Monday Night Football. Uh, well, we've got a lot of storylines coming out of Monday Night Football. And one of those is that the Raiders might be the worst team in the AFC West on defense. Um, really thought that the Broncos were going to take that L, but the Raiders went up like 17 points and still managed to lose to the Chiefs. They were up a good amount at the beginning of the second half, I believe. And Josh McDaniels, they got touchdown, went for two to take the win. And they lost. They, they didn't get it. So that gave the Chiefs the opportunity to go down and kick a field goal to win the game. Also, Travis Kelsey just had a great game. Four touchdowns on seven receptions. And he's on pace. I tweeted this out last night. He is on pace for 16 touchdowns this season, if my math is correct. And that means that he would be five above his career high of 11 in a single season. And he's only two below uh, Rob Gronkowski, who in 2011 set the single season touchdown record by a tight end. So if Travis Kelsey has another one of these big games where he gets four touchdowns, could uh, definitely see him maybe breaking that record. I think that'd be awesome if Travis Kelsey was able to break the record. I really enjoy watching Travis Kelsey play. I think he's a very dynamic player, very fun to watch. Chiefs fans love him. Patrick Mahomes loves him. And if you love the tight end position, you love him too. On the other side of the ball, there was unfortunately an issue where there was the final play. They ran a streak route, and Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams ran into each other, uh, knocking each other down. I thought it was pass interference because it looked like the defender knocked them down. And I mean, that's the first thing your head goes to when you see two players fall down onto the ground. But no, uh, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro ran into each other, knocking him to the ground and made the ball uncatchable thus securing the Raiders loss 
After that, Devontae Adams got up, and walk, while he was walking to the locker room, one of the cameramen for the game kind of was, like, walking on the same path, and they would have crossed, and he kind of got in Devontae Adams' way. I don't know if he was trying to record Devontae Adams or what was going on there. Anyway, dude was doing his job, and Devontae Adams shoved him. He fell to the ground. The photographer is now... Uh, filing a police report against Devontae Adams, and he has now been charged with misdemeanor assault per Adam Schefter. So that's definitely not good for the Raiders or Devontae Adams. Um, Devontae Adams did apologize in the locker room. He During his interview, he said, before I answer any questions, I just want to apologize to the cameraman who I knocked down. That wasn't cool of me, blah, 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 blah. My guess is Devontae will probably get suspended for a few games and the cameraman is going to get a good payout and Devontae Adams will have to shell out some money. I don't think Devontae Adams is going to do any jail time for this, but I do think the cameraman is going to make some money and that could be his goal this whole time. I don't know. I obviously don't know the man, but... Devontae Adams is facing that charge of misdemeanor assault. Um, love to be on that court case, right, if that ever goes to a jury. But I'm kind of glad I – moving. we're moving on here. Kind of glad that I didn't uh, do the show on Monday because I was going to talk about this next thing, and it happened again on Monday Night Football. So – this gives us more to talk about, and this will be in place of the analytics this week because this is kind of a rules explanation type thing, and that is the roughing the passer call on Tom Brady that happened with the Atlanta Falcons. So if you didn't watch that game, completely understandable, but near the final plays of the game, or maybe it was the final play of the game, uh, a Falcons player got a hit for roughing the passer after they stopped Tom Brady they sacked him and they were like we're gonna get the ball we're gonna get a chance to win this game and beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers we're the underdogs this is a divisional game super exciting uh the ref threw a roughing the passer or threw a flag for roughing the passer and this kind of had the whole league up in arms because it wasn't roughing the passer. The this one definitely was not. The player kind of he hit he tackled Tom Brady, didn't have enough time to stop, but he didn't land his full body weight on top of him. He did his best in my eyes to protect Brady and make sure that it was a safe sack. And that that's that. And the whole league was up in arms. And Adam Schefter on Sunday Night Football, or maybe it was even it was Monday Night Football, I think. He said, the only people in the world who think that that was a roughing the passer call are the refs who called it. Which implies that even uh, the Buccaneers fans were up in arms about it, think, saying that was a dumb call. They probably enjoyed it because it helped them win. But yeah, that call should not have been made. It cost them the game. Drew Brees posted about it, and he was saying, we cannot let these kind of BS calls affect games anymore. We need to change this. Um, and then on Monday Night Football, I think uh, there was a sack. One of the Chiefs players sacked Derek Carr. 
and it was a good sack. It was actually a Derek Carr fumbled and it was recovered. What happened then? What happened was, um, Derek Derek Carr and the Raiders got the ball back because there was a roughing the passer penalty call. Now this one I think was a bit more to, of a toss up, but I still don't think it was roughing the passer uh, because the defender did wrap up the passer with his arms and he made an attempt to not land all or most of his body weight onto the player. He throws his, I believe it was his left arm out, puts that on the ground in an attempt to push himself away from the defender and kind of roll away. So that was a good move by the defender. And the reason I keep citing the body weight is because in section A or no section B, uh, it says that a rushing defender must r- strive to wrap up the passer with the defensive player's arms and not land on the passer with all or most of his body weight. That is according to f- OperationsNFL.com, where the, all the rules and analytics are. So I, I really think the NFL needs to take a look into this. I believe that they are already, but they should really focus on this because like Drew Brees said, we should not have this affecting our games we should not have this being the reason that games are lost or won this is such a subjective call in the ref's mind and the rules site even says that that it's up to the ref's discretion that the referee has to decide whether those things were followed using the factors that they outline on the website and if you want to read further into the rules you can go to the nfl operations rule handbook it's all online you can go read that stuff but that's definitely a storyline we will continue to follow along with Devonte adams and his stuff that's happening on monday as well since we're just giving the quick rundown on monday matt rule was fired so he is the he was the head coach for the carolina panthers they still owe him i believe 40 million dollars so he's sitting pretty. He's also probably going to get a college job after he's paid all of that $40 million. And so he's Matt Rule was a great college coach. He's going to have people coming after him. And I believe I read somewhere that if he does get a college job before the contract is up, the guaranteed years in the contract are up, the, the Carolina Panthers have to pay less. But he doesn't necessarily need to go look for a job because he's got big money on the way. So that's that. The I believe the Panthers interim head coach is Steve Wilkes, who was the guy who drafted Josh Rosen um, to the Cardinals. So that's that's kind of interesting because the Carolina Panthers currently have Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold at the quarterback position. They could, theoretically, if Wilkes wants to be very, uh, how do you put it, stubborn about his pick with Josh Rosen, he may bring in Josh Rosen for a workout and try to get him a position on the Panthers. And then they'd have three of the top 10 2018 starting uh, drafted quarterbacks. But... We'll see what happens there. That could be what happens. Probably not. I think the Panthers would be kind of annoyed if he did that. But 
I've seen crazier things happen in the NFL. I did not think that we'd be talking about Devontae Adams facing an assault charge right now. So, uh, yeah. Let's move on to Thursday Night Football. So, Thursday Night Football. Last week, we thought, hey, this is going to be a really bad game, and it was. And then, during Thursday Night Football, they kept playing the advertisements for this week's game. And we were like, this is not any better. And why were we saying that? It is because the Washington Commanders, I had to remember what name they were going by. They're the Washington Commanders now are facing the Chicago Bears. Two teams that have struggled a lot this season. Um, the Washington Commanders are also under a lot of uh, questions because the NFC East is somehow currently the best division in the league that is being carried, that is record-wise, not necessarily football play. That is due to the Eagles being 5-0 and and the Giants being 4-1 and somehow with the Dallas Cowboys also uh, having a great streak because of Cooper Rush playing great. And Ron Rivera was asked why the Commanders are struggling with that, and here's what he had to say. You know, they're up to a faster start. The Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, they've kind of all been rebuilding too the last couple of years, and it seems like they're farther ahead. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at this point? Quarterback. So I borrowed that audio from Bleacher Report Gridiron. Um, want to give them credit. Great interview. I don't know if you heard what Ron Rivera said. It, it, he was a little soft-spoken there, but he does say quarterback. And so coming into tomorrow's game, he said he has said this is the issue. That's in the heat of the moment. Since then, he has walked back his statement a little bit, saying that wasn't right for me to take shots at Carson. It is a full team effort that we've got going on out there. I mean, all the normal coaching stuff. And, yeah, uh, no. The, it, you're in the heat of the moment. That's, the, that's when you're giving the honest answers, when you're asked the question. And what, you could argue, yeah, okay, it's not right to say, take shots at your quarterback. That's not necessary. What the heck, dude? But we've talked about it on the show before, and – Carson has had his struggles. He has had his ups, but he's had a lot more downs. And we like Car. I say this every time, and I'll continue to say it. Love Carson as a human. He seems like a great guy in all of his interviews. Seems like someone you'd love to have over to shoot guns with or something or drink a beer with. Seems like a great guy. Don't drink beer while shooting guns. That is not what I meant. Anyway, uh, he seems like a great guy. But he's just struggled on the football field, and I think Ron Rivera is right here. Part of the problem of why the commanders have struggled is because of their quarterback issue. They haven't had really a good quarterback since Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, Alex Smith, all both of which are retired. Um, I don't think Carson Wentz is really the solution here. And it kind of sucks when you have a great player like Terry McLaurin who's out there and he's not doing well because of the quarterback situation. Same thing with Jahan Dotson, who's a rookie, but like how much of his career are you going to waste having a mediocre or below average quarterback throwing to him? 
I think that the commanders need to answer these questions. And Carson, if he wants to be the answer, if he wants to continue his NFL career, he needs to step up, especially against this Chicago Bears defense that has struggled. Uh, Roquan Smith is probably their best player, and he has said he's probably moving on after this season because he doesn't want to play on a tag. It just... I don't think that there's really an excuse for the commanders to continue on with Carson Wentz if they lose this game tomorrow because he Carson has struggled. He hasn't been good since the Super Bowl run the Eagles had, and he didn't even win the Super Bowl. Nick Foles took them through the playoffs because Carson Wentz got injured, and Carson Wentz hasn't been the same since. Furthermore, On the other side of the ball, you have Justin Fields, who, yes, he's only in his second year, but people are already looking at him because the Chicago Bears have not had a good quarterback in years. I want you to think about this. The last good quarterback, like Pro Bowl-worthy quarterback, that the Chicago Bears had was Jay Cutler. That's been nearly a decade since Jay Cutler left Chicago. Um... In that time, we have had guys, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, just in one draft. Tua, in one draft. We've had uh, Kyler Murray, was 2019. 2018, we had Josh Allen. We, there are just Lamar Jackson. There are so many guys that have come into the league since then, and the Chicago Bears just haven't been able to get a single one of them. They haven't been able to trade for And then they bring in Justin Fields, and he's got a new head coach who was the defensive coordinator for the Colts. Uh, so he's not even an offensive mind. or I'm, I'm sure he knows offense, but he's primarily a defensive coach. And he just doesn't seem to want to pass the ball. He seems safer running uh, in his mind. And so Justin Fields only has 679 yards through five games. He has three touchdowns and four interceptions. And... You might be like, wow, 500 uh, or 679 yards. That seems like a lot. But then you realize that in two starts, uh, Bailey Zappi has 287. He has almost just below uh, half of what Justin Fields has in five starts. And Bailey Zappi's done it in two. So... I, I don't see the excuses here. We need to get Justin Fields. If Justin Fields is going to be our franchise guy, if that's what we're saying, it sounds like that's what Chicago is trying to say, that, hey, we've got this mobile guy. He's a great quarterback. I'm going to bring him in, and he's, he's going to win us games. But why then does your franchise guy only have 106 yards against the Houston Texans? The 49ers, he had 121. Okay, you could maybe say, hey, it was week one, it was hard, and he that 49ers have a great defense. That was our issue. But then he went three games without a single touchdown and didn't get another touchdown until the Vikings. He played the Packers, the Texans, and the Giants without a touchdown and got a third one against the Vikings. This dude has no weapons. Justin Fields doesn't have weapons. Allen Robinson is with the Rams. He's not even being used at the Rams for some reason. Matthew Stafford's refusing to throw to him. 
or I don't know what's going on. Maybe the chemistry isn't there. But really, Justin Fields only has Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery. And so David Montgomery is their running back, and they're just running the ball. If you want to win with Justin Fields, then you need to win with Justin Fields. You can't win just by uh, passing the ball or just, excuse me, just by running the ball. You need to start passing the ball more. And maybe then you'd have a better record, Mr. Eberflus. I mean, you've got this guy that everyone was hyping up to be the best, one of the best uh, quarterbacks coming out of the 2021 draft next to uh, Trevor Lawrence. And some people were saying, hey, Zach Wilson shouldn't be going second. They need to go after Justin Fields. Well, Justin Fields fell to you, and you're two and three. And. The two games that you did win, Justin Fields threw interceptions in both of them. I mean, we're, let's the Texans game. Yeah, you beat the Texans. Congrats. Do you want a cookie? Um, he threw two interceptions. So I know you want to support your quarterback. I know you want to say, hey, he's our guy right now. He's going to be our guy for a while. Let's keep this up. I got to see more out of this guy. I cannot see these wins where you're celebrating it as a win, but your quarterback, the leader of your team, is going zero touchdowns for with two interceptions and has a 27.7 passer rating. It's not acceptable. And Justin knows this. I'm not telling him anything new. But there are Bears fans who are were celebrating these things as wins. And, like, just it's just bad football. So the both both quarterbacks Thursday night are going to have to step up because you've got one where the head coach is saying hey the quarterback's the problem he's our only problem as soon as we get a better player we're good to go we get a quarterback we're winning this division that's that's what it kind of sounded like Ron Rivera was saying to Carson Wentz maybe he's trying to light a fire underneath him on the other side it seems like you're only winning. Your t- you've got your two wins despite your uh, quarterback. Now, I will say the win against the 49ers, the 49ers have been a dominant team. They've been a great team uh, so far with Jimmy G, other than that Broncos game. We, we could just forget about that Broncos game. But Justin Fields only had 121 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. That was one of his best games that he's had, according to the stat sheet. That was his second best game this season. Um, but let's keep in mind you're playing against Trey Lance as a basically a rookie. It was his first uh, game as the starter for the San Francisco 49ers. And they still it was what was the score? Let's let's check that out real quick. What was the score? Mind you, the 49ers, 10 to 19. So they, they only put up 19 points on the defense. Uh Trey Lance struggled against the Bears defense. Uh 49ers defense has been great. Fred Warner's been fantastic. Nick Bosa may have had an injury, so we'll see how if he's able to play, see if he um recovers quickly, but that'll be a hard hit because Nick Bosa is a stud. I I just think that the Bears, if they're going to say Justin Fields is that guy, they need to show that they believe he is that guy. They need to give him the weapons. They need to 
show more trust in him. Do more passing plays. I want to see more Justin Fields if Justin Fields is that guy. If Justin Fields isn't that guy, maybe we need to be more open about that. Um, but that's that's we'll see on Thursday night. Uh, we got two guys who do, two coaches that don't really seem to trust their quarterback playing on Thursday, so that should be fun. Um, I'm gonna take. Ooh, who am I gonna take this Thursday? I'm gonna say that the Bears win because the Commanders' defense has just been awful. I, I'm gonna take the Bears. I'm gonna take the Bears winning, but I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. And I don't think it'll be a fantastic game to watch. But I'll still watch it anyway because football is football. That's going to be it for today's show. I appreciate y'all for listening to me talk and ramble. And if you enjoy my ramblings, I'd appreciate it if you subscribed and followed or liked whatever your streaming service of choice says for you to do. So that you don't miss another episode. Um, if you enjoyed my ramblings as well, I'd appreciate it if you shared this podcast. I'm trying to get it out there more, advertise more, but I could use your help. And so all of the contact links are going to be in the description. I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope everyone has a great rest of their Wednesday, great Thursday, and I'll see you all on Friday when we talk about the Washington Commanders against the Chicago Bears in what could be the worst game of the year. Everyone have a great week.